Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the One Broke Actress podcast, an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine. And today we have a very special, it's a little late past Valentine's Day, but we're calling it the Sam Valentine's Day episode because our guest today came all the way from across the apartment. My husband is here with us, Caleb Ellis. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Traffic wasn't too bad getting here. No, did you make it okay? Yeah, yeah. Do you want to tell people that you originally came to LA to be an actor? Yeah, I moved out here in 2009. I was a theater major in college, along with cinema. Yeah, so I moved out here to act and then pretty quickly realized, like, I didn't really like, you know, being looked at. watched so the two cameras and multiple microphones we have right now are really doing you a lot of favors (laughs) yeah so i shifted into writing after a couple years so what was the initial tell that you were like i don't think i want to do this anymore the fact that i didn't want to audition (laughs) Uh (laughs) kind of a big part of being an actor being like i don't really have any interest in this was there a particular audition that you felt that or was it like over no it's just in general just in general that I was just kind of like, yeah, it's not something I really wanted to do. And I always like, liked creating stories more. That's where I kind of was like, oh, I'll kind of shift into screenwriting. And I wrote some really awful screen plays in high school. So <laughs> which are thankfully lost. So it wasn't something like I just kind of jumped into it. it was something I'd done before. When we first met, you handed me a script. And I tell this story occasionally. And you were like, we had gone on, well, we'd hung out for a while and then we went on dates and you were like, do you want to read one of my scripts? And I was like, fuck, what if it's bad? It was bad. No, I thought it was great. I thought, well, you're nice. Yeah. But you probably also thought my acting was good at the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We grow, we get better. Yeah. And in retrospect, like it was pretty rough. Yeah. We're here 10 years later. Yeah. We still, we made it. We made it. Well, you're a popular commodity. People are really excited about this podcast. So thanks for taking your time to be here. Do you want to give people like a little backstory of like who you are and what you do now beyond just writing and being the husband of a fabulous podcast host? So I coach CrossFit and I personal train clients. I've been doing that for a little over 10 years at a gym nearby that's actually where we met on your shirt it's right on now. my shirt i guess you can see that unless you're listening in your car but yeah so we met there at this gym where i you know was working and yeah so i've been doing that for 10 years and then i also play the cello that's about it <laughs> you just you have so much more going on than that you're so funny you're definitely not good about talking about yourself i think that's it you're from iowa oh yeah you yeah i'm from iowa Uh that's super interesting (laughs) i went to the university of iowa i think uh, it's interesting because i came out to los angeles and i met someone from the fucking midwest yeah that's true that's true all the stars in my eyes of los angeles and i ended up with it but also i think like a lot of people in la are from other places yeah like i feel you know so it's such a transient city that it's like a one in two chance. (laughs) (laughs) Actually meeting somebody who's from LA, I feel like is more rare than meeting somebody who's not from LA. Truly, truly. So as you transitioned to script writing, how did that change 
your day-to-day life versus the actor pursuit? These are questions I have not asked you before. Yeah. I never really thought about that. I think it was, well, it's funny. So that's terrible script you read (laughs) was a script that I had started originally in college. So I was in a screenwriting class in college. So I'd started it. I don't think I ever finished it. Came out here. Once I made the transition and literally I was just like in acting classes, like doing scene work, stuff like that. So, you know, I didn't have agents or anything like that. And I wasn't really like, I think that was part of also why I knew I didn't want to do it is because I wasn't like actively pursuing it outside mm. of like just working on the craft, which I mean, as you know, from my writing is sort of all I ever focus on, never really the business side of things. So anyway, so yeah, so then I just shifted from instead of doing scene work and stuff like that into just writing all the time, you know, Red Save the Cat, which is like the sort of like standard go to screenwriting book, and then sort of threw away all those rules. Yeah. And so it was just basically just swapped one for the other. That's kind of how I look at it. It's interesting what you said about the business and the craft. Because you are so you're like an anomaly of a writer is that like you sit down and you just fucking write. Yeah, I mean, that's (laughs) the fun part. (laughs) I know. But I think you I think sometimes you're so used to your own style of like, yeah, I wrote 10 pages today, because of course I did. That was the time I had. Whereas like, it takes people like it's pulling teeth to get people to write. And you just that's the part that you excel at. Yeah, it's funny. I just put up. Well, because so we wrote a script. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, not to jump ahead. But anyway, I filled out my bio, which was like pulling teeth for me. And it was three sentences long. (laughs) So they were like, don't make it like standard, like I'm from Iowa, and I went to the University of Iowa, blah, blah, blah. They're like, have some of your own flair in it. And I was thinking about like, how I started originally, like kind of crafting stories. And it was like, literally from playing with action figures growing up. Like me and my brother would literally just like, we had like 70 like GI Joes that were like a foot tall. I think and I've seen half of them. Yeah, I think my garage. parents still have them in like their garage or something. Or I think they've gotten, they probably got rid of them when they moved. But yeah, we had like Humvees and like helicopters and fucking like my whole room was just literally filled with these things. And we would just, we would, my brother and I would go and play for like, hours and you know we come up with these like super long intricate like stories and shit like that so i think that was kind of the original like impetus to what eventually led to wanting to like tell stories Mm -hmm. i'm sure they were like really deep and intelligent (laughs) you know as much as like a 12 year old can come up with really like emotionally driven yeah for sure very character driven not about explosions or like you know aliens murdering people (laughs) i could just picture you and elijah doing this yeah for hours so i think that we also don't talk about how often people other than just actors are Mm multi-hyphenates and we have a mega multi-hyphenate household between being a writer and really because you've written how many scripts have you written in the past like two years well last year i didn't write any any new ones i just edited so if you counted those I would count those because they were ones you hadn't touched in years. I would say probably in the last two years, six, not counting the one I'm working on now, something like that. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Maybe seven. I don't know. Okay, so six or seven scripts. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Plus, you are a trainer. Yep. Yep, which is your day-to-day schedule, which is also constantly in flux. How do you manage your time? 
Um, Remember when you didn't have a calendar? Yeah, that was right before COVID started. I think I like just started doing a calendar. I was like, I think I'm busy enough. I need a calendar now. That astounded me every day. So time management is funny. My schedule varies pretty often. It's sometimes set, but sometimes it swings around a bit. I would say I'm efficient with my time in terms of writing, just in the sheer fact that when I do sit down and start writing, I essentially just sort of like do it. And I just will can write five pages in 30 minutes or 10 pages in an hour. I mean, sometimes it's not that much. Sometimes it's like two pages in an hour. But I think what usually I can just sit down and just plow through it. So when I do have the free time, I just do that. As far as managing the time, I try to write as soon as I sit down on my computer rather than like getting on ESPN or going Mm -hmm. to YouTube and things that sort of just like erode your time. I think one thing that helped my time a lot this last year was reading Stolen Focus, which is a really great book, which sort of helped me focus, ironically. Yeah. And you were like, you have to read this. (laughs) Yeah. I made Sam read it and I gave it to about half a dozen people. Yeah, it's like the book club of the year. So how do you think it works, in your opinion, in our house? Because I'm doing 1,700 different activities on a day-to-day basis. And we have three dogs. And you're in and out all day long between clients, between training, between whatever. And then you're at your desk, you're writing. We're like, we both also kind of work from home. I mean, I really work from home, but you kind of work from home with writing. What do you think works about our situation or what could we improve on? So many actors live this life. Well, with I their think partners. what helped a lot was giving you this entire room. <laughs> do you want to tell people that I have my own room and I kicked you out? So we have a two bedroom apartment condo that we rent and we moved in like seven and a half years ago for the longest time we basically shared the second room as an office together so sam would do her self-tapes in here and i would have my little corner desk for writing we had the tiniest desk yeah and it was my closet in here so both bedrooms have a closet so i had the one in here she had the one in the bedroom and then i think it was last year you had moved into the bar. We have like a tiny little bar, which is in the corner of our living room. Yeah, it's like an, an outlet, a little yeah. enclave. I mean, it's enough for like a desk, basically, which is all my office ever was. And so she had moved out there, but then still had her self-tape stuff in here and was setting up like a home gym in here because of COVID. So then I was like, why don't I just take the bar? Because I just have a computer that I sit at. And so then we switched. And then I was like, we should also just switch closets because then the whole room is yours. And so then I think that was a really good idea. (laughs) So that was one. I think the other thing that's helped a lot too is just like communication, which is a big part of our relationship is that we communicate very well. Yeah, we definitely are going to talk about that in a second. But I mean, I kind of like long conned you into getting out of this room. It was definitely my idea. It definitely was not. And I told you to switch closets. No, that was my idea. What? Oh my God, I'm a genius. No, that was absolutely my (laughs) idea to switch closets. I'm an absolute genius that I'm so good at what I do that you think it was your idea. This is why nobody wants to play Secret Hitler with you. (laughs) This is why everybody kills you first in Secret Hitler. This is why everybody kills you first in Mafia too. Like this is why. Because I'm really good at the long game. (laughs) You've been a good grifter. I would have been such a good grifter. I'd have been so in like an old West town. I'd been, I'd been great. No, it was definitely sharing this space was very hard. And I know we have a lot of listeners who are like in New York, for example, who were like, Mm. 
well, fuck you guys, because we don't have a fucking choice. And I get it. We actually didn't think we had a choice for a long time. Because every time I would come in this room, you like you would be in the corner. And I was like, well, anything I do is going to be like disruptive or disturbing. And I was like, I'm going to have a Zoom meeting. So can you like just stay out of frame? Or like, it was just, it was always like an extra two steps. Like it was like a little stutter stop to launch, you know what I mean? For anything I wanted to do. And I like to like be alone when I work out. And now I look around this room and I'm like, there's no way you could fit in here. It's so small. (laughs) Well, we also now have a massive treadmill in here. Yeah, I got a treadmill. That was really important. And a rower. We brought home your parents' treadmill first. Yeah. It was much smaller. Much smaller. And it lasted for two months maybe before it died. (sighs) I know. I smashed it. (laughs) Apparently you can't sprint on 15, 20 year old treadmills. It's 20. (laughs) But... No, I think that one, like dividing our spaces, and that doesn't necessarily mean that like I needed a full room, but like having the division of space. No, now I do. I definitely do now. <laughs> I fucking see you. I see you. <laughs> no, I think I, now I do because I really work here. Yeah. Like I have two home-based businesses yeah. and acting is all here and like that self-tape wall is here and my workout is here like it just became my home life became so much bigger that you were willing to take up less space in the house because your work is mostly not here yeah which is and when I do work it's literally just a computer yeah and that so that is important too is knowing your self and your partner's needs and for me I have some aesthetic needs (laughs) Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> and you don't give a shit what you look at at your desk. No, not at all. That's I'm looking you, at my computer. You're literally like in a hovel hole, like looking at your big square. You also have a bigger computer than I do. Yeah, it's great. But you're like backed into a corner. And I was like, I can't, I need to look at the sunshine. I need to look outdoors. I need to look out a window. I need empty space. I need, my needs in that area are much heavier than yours. Yeah, I mean, I also think it helps too that I do leave the house a lot. Like I'm yeah. at the gym five, six days a week, coming and going. So then when I'm home and I need to work, to pop on my computer for an hour isn't a big deal because I can just sit down. I haven't stared at a screen for the last five hours. Yeah. You know, I've been working out, training people, chatting with my friends. I know you get to work with your friends, which is so jealous. Yeah. It's a tough life. (laughs) Things are pretty good in Caleb's Corner. The communication thing was a question that came up a lot in terms of how we communicate. So you obviously are married to a very busy actor and I am a lot. And people don't believe me when I say this, especially like my followers, because they see me like, oh, she's just, she's just. She's so chill. She's so chill. Yeah. (laughs) You're leaning in a bar on that one. So I'm not super chill all the time. And I do have big asks. So one of the things I've learned is that I need to be extra hard in the communication bucket. Yes, you checked that box. <laughs> but it's it, no, it's a good thing. Jokes aside, it is. I think it's honestly one of the most important things. Because, you know, I'm very much a creature of habit, I get stuck in my routine very easily. So having you be like, hey, I need you to do this, or I need you to do that. Actually, you know, because I actually am very, very chill. So I'm like, okay, sure. I'm also super chill. Yeah, you're chillish. 
Most of the time, you're very chill. I'm chill adjacent. Yeah. Like, I can find my way yeah. back, but I drift. It's like when people are like, West Hollywood adjacent, and it's like, by the 101. It's like when there's Pico, apartment. and they yeah. say Beverly Hills adjacent, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like, I'm in LA, and then they're like in Long Beach. Yeah, that's like you to chill. I'm the Long Beach of chill. <laughs> but I'm actually very chill. So when you're like, hey, I need you to take care of the dogs today, I'm like, okay, no problem. Mm-hmm. You know, so having that sort of like, you know, hard communication line, and I actually appreciate the directness, like, you know, the sort of like beating around the bush is really annoying, you know, because I can't read minds. And I don't <laughs> think anybody can, you never know. Yeah. So I think having that direct communication to be like, hey, I need this from you is benefits any relationship, but specifically spousal when living together in tight quarters when work's involved. Yeah. It's not easy. Like I wish we had to work our way into this because there used to be times I remember at the beginning of COVID, you went back to work really quickly, for example. And I was still here, like your gym moved outdoors and you went back to coaching classes and clients pretty fast, a couple of weeks after everything shut down. Yeah, I was training clients on zoom. And I was training clients, you know, at their houses Mm -hmm. outside. Yeah. And it was it was like six weeks, four to six weeks, like afterward, you were back to a busy schedule. My COVID was a little different than most people's. Yeah, it's sort of being stuck inside all the time. Yeah. And when you left for work again, I had to talk to you and be like, hey, this is going to be hard for me because you get to go and you get to do stuff. And like, I'm still stuck here. And I also we had to talk about like, how I felt with you leaving was not like there wasn't a tangible thing Mm -hmm. that could be done about it. There wasn't like a, this is exactly what I need. It's not like when I when we talked about household cleaning duties, and you were like, great, I'll clean the kitchens, the bathrooms every two weeks, like, that is that was like a very easy one. But sometimes it's like, hey, I feel very resentful that I'm I'm sad that I have nothing to offer because I'm not working and I need you to just like understand where I'm coming from. There's nothing you could do. But that was like, for example, a hard conversation that we've had that I was in a weird place. Unfortunately, due to the nature of my business, I'm in a weird place all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so riding the waves of the actor up and downs. Do you have any advice for significant others, partners of anyone who's listening, who is in a relationship with an actor who is not an actor? Yeah, I think as far as riding the waves, I think it's important to feel. I think it's important to have that empathy along with, you know, your spouse who's going through it. But I think it's also important to be that sort of steady hand, be the the sort of rock, you know, because if you're also having the same like mood swings as them and like falling into the hole, you know, when they don't book the role they wanted, then I think that can sort of drag them down deeper. So I think like kind of being the supportive, like, yes, feel empathy and things like that is very important. I think celebrating the wins for me and you, your successes have always felt like my successes as well. Like in the way that like, I also want to celebrate them. So like when you book something, like you're the happiest person, I'm like number two. Like I'm the second happiest person that you book something. And I think that's really important too. So like be the sort of steady hand when things maybe aren't going super great, but then also like be really excited and be really happy when things are going great. If the spouse books something where they have to go away for a month as the partner, you don't want to be like, oh, 
now I got to get up at 4.30 in the morning every day in order to take care of the dogs and like get to my clients at 6 a.m. You know, like that shit doesn't matter. Like you should be happy that your spouse booked something and they're going somewhere. So not making it about you, it's about them. And hopefully it's reciprocated, which for us it is. Yeah. Does, has it ever been a concern or crossed your mind for people who are in dual creative relationships? Has there ever been a moment where you like compare where you're at in the business versus where I know we're in different sectors, but like, has that ever come up or have you ever thought about that? Or is that ever a feeling you have to deal with? Yeah, I'm hoping to ride your coattails. <laughs> As soon yeah. as you're big, I'm like, here, this script, this script, this <laughs> we, script. We can't wait. <laughs> There's so many roles and every once in a while, Caleb writes a script. And he's like, this one's for you. Yeah. This one's for you. There's one, there's one for you in here. I don't get comparison about that at all. I feel like it's so different. Also, you're so much better about like putting yourself out there than I am. So like, I really don't have anyone to blame but myself. I mean, um, we're, while we're sitting here with multiple cameras and multiple microphones going at the same time. Yeah, I've also mean? been out here for 13 and a half years. So <laughs> we put ourselves out there in different ways. Yeah. But getting back to that question. No, I don't compare. Yeah. No, I, I don't think you really should compare to anyone. I mean, we have friends who are writers who've had great success and I'm, I'm super happy for them. And I don't feel like, oh, man, I avoid the comparison syndrome. Yeah, it's really unhelpful. Yeah. Is there anything that we have done throughout the course of our relationship of you being with an actor that you were like, that was not great? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, no, nothing comes to mind. We've just, we've been perfect this whole time. Yeah, it's really unlikable. <laughs> no, I mean, I go back to me being very chill is their catalyst for that. What about when I first started this? We got a lot of questions about this. Okay. When I first started having you self tape with me, because everyone should know my number one person I self tape with is Caleb. You are my go to we have an unspoken language. Now, it was not automatically easy because you were an actor or because you do write that I think has built up in the last couple of years of being helpful. But initially, it was not it did not make it easier. Mm -hmm. It was hard. Yeah. I mean, I think also too, like we didn't do a lot of self tapes until recently. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't until COVID really like took off that we suddenly like. I would go would film do, them. Yeah. Places. So you would leave to go film them or you'd be in person. You know, we'd run lines together, things like that. We do like script analysis. But yeah, I don't think it was until, you know, maybe 2019. You got yeah. maybe the lights. And then obviously once COVID hit, that's when it really took off. I would say just the gang going back to the communication as far as like syncing up schedules. I mean, like, hey, can we do this at two o'clock tomorrow? Yeah. I think also as like the actor, it's really helpful for your partner if you're ready, if you're off book, if you know what the scene is about, if your hair, makeup, everything's ready. So if it's scheduled at two o'clock, it's like, okay we're doing this at two o'clock, not like, okay, I'm still getting ready. Can you do this? Okay. I don't really know this scene. I don't really know the lines, stuff like that would irritate me because I'm like, okay, well, my time is also valuable to me. That's where that sort of reciprocal nature comes in. And I think that's where the communication is really helpful where it's like, yeah, they're doing you a favor 
even though they're your spouse, of course, like they're going to have your back, hopefully still respect their time as well to also be prepared. And then that way, you know, you can just like knock it out. Yeah. You know, and if it's like a more difficult scene, like we had a couple that were like super wordy and were really like technical. Yeah. Okay, fine. Might have to like take a little bit more time. Might have to work through it a little bit more. But as far as like, just be prepared, I guess I would say going back to my Eagle Scout. (laughs) totally well it really is like comes down to like respecting everyone else's time listen I used to be guilty of this and I used to do this to you as well where I was like well if I have an audition it means the rest of the world shall melt away and I shall be on this pedestal of today everything has to go exactly as I need it to and like I used to get like that I used to get like all uppity and like about my audition days and like that's very generous of you but like maybe in my own head I felt like an absolute asshole sometimes because I would get so anxious about nailing it or about doing the perfect job or whatever it was and not even just with self tapes, but with like in person auditions. And if the day went awry, or like my garage door opener broke or something like that, it was like meltdown city. And I think I've moved pretty far past that just in terms of like growing up and like nothing's that big of a fucking deal, even when it feels like a big deal. In terms of like valuing your time, I will tell you guys, I send Caleb a calendar invite when we decide I look at his schedule, I'm like layer it over mine on Google calendar. I'm like, Hey, could you do Friday at two for this audition? And he's like, yeah, that's good. So I'll send him a calendar invite. So it's on his physical calendar as well that we are filming from two to three. And I don't think like even like eight to 12 pages, we always get it done in an hour. Yeah. I don't think we've ever gone over that. Because that would insinuate to me that I am not prepared. Yeah. And by the time I'm filming an audition, I've probably coached it. I've worked it. I've like picked my wardrobe. I get ready. Do you want to know some of the sexiest shit you've ever done? When I have an audition or like a busy day and I come in and you've already set up the lights, I feel so supported, so loved. And so taken care of. And anybody's partner who's thinking like, of course, I know exactly what their setup's going to look like. If you could just do that part, just because you're sitting there waiting already for them or whatever it is like that, I come into the room and I'm like, oh, wow. Like that's so like you knew exactly what I needed. And guys, that shit's free. Yeah. And it also goes both ways because that does make everything go faster. So then your time again, yeah. if you value your own time and just being prepared so that when they walk into the room, they're ready to go. I mean, I didn't even know that. I just always did that as like sort of <laughs> selfish, selfish side of things. <laughs> you know what? I will take it. I will absolutely take it because I loved it. Hey guys, I hope you are enjoying this episode with Caleb. And while we're talking about relationships, I'm curious, how is your relationship with your representation? Yeah, because that is a major relationship we have in this business. If you're like, eh, or I don't know, or I've never had a rep before, please do me a favor and click the link in the show notes to join one of the remaining calls we have live with Brian Pataka. He is doing a Make Agents Want You webinar free for my listeners, and it is a fully executed webinar all about getting, keeping, and maintaining good relationships with agents and their live calls. So he stays on at the end to answer all of your questions. So if you're looking to add someone to your team or you're not sure where to go from here, or maybe you just want to collect some free information for the future, I highly recommend clicking that link and signing up for one of the live calls. 
So if you're listening to this podcast on Thursday, the 23rd, there is a live webinar with Brian today at 11 a.m. Pacific that you can still sign up for. And if you're like, that's a little short notice, Sam, I understand. There's one left on Saturday, February 25th, this Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. So if you guys are listening to this and you missed the first one, but you're really interested in up-leveling your reps in any capacity and just getting some free freaking info, I highly recommend you click that link in our show notes and sign up for one of the remaining calls. Like I said, Thursday, February 23rd or Saturday, February 25th. Don't miss out on this one, guys. Do not sleep on free information in this business. All right, let's get back to the show. I'm trying to think of other things because some people told me that they get really embarrassed acting in front of their partner, which to me is so it feels so far away because it's been we've been filming together for so many years now that script that you said that was so quote unquote terrible that you gave me when we first started dating we did a table read for it like right away yeah. yeah we did all the things we're always doing the things so I've been acting in front of you as long as I can remember yeah and so that to me when someone says like I'm worried about nervous about like acting in front of my partner I just I have a lot of other questions <laughs> well I mean to be fair I think we can relate it to something else hmm. where you know prior to this past year you would never train with me. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I work out with Caleb at his gym twice a week. Yeah. So now you've gotten over that. Yeah. But I don't know why you didn't want to do it over the last 10 years. Yeah, I don't know either. We did it one time before. Remember, you used to write my programming. Right. And then it happened once. And then it, fizzled. <laughs> it took years later. It fizzled. I don't know. I couldn't handle so, it. So, you know, I think like maybe we don't relate to that mm -hmm. aspect, but certainly in terms of like a fitness performance not that that's a performance, but yeah, you it's know, another, another aspect of it's moving. a different aspect of it. You know, there was maybe some sort of like, Oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable with, you know, my boyfriend at the time training me, you know, and we know other couples that are in similar you yeah. know, things, well, not the exact same thing, but it's like, ah, I don't know if I want to listen to my husband on this, <laughs> or I don't know if I want to listen to my wife on this, you know, they got to yeah. hear it from another source. True. So I can understand like, oh, I might be nervous doing a scene in front of my husband or my wife or whoever. I don't know if I have an answer. Yeah. As far as helping you out with that one. Well, that's a good point, though, because it just took me, I can't tell you exactly what it was. So like moving from you're a fantastic trainer and I have you like at the ready and I just didn't utilize you. In fact, I paid another coach for a long time who I really liked and enjoyed working with, but I've actually paid multiple coaches, but never you. And I didn't use you until the pandemic. And I think when I was like, Hey, can you just write me some programming? Yeah. Because I'm just here in my home gym and I'm like running out of shit to do. And I just, I need someone who can progressively overload me and like show me like actual steps. And you did it. And then ever since then, we've kind of built on that. And then I was working out with you mm -hmm. once a week and now it's twice a week. And now we're going to do this like competition together. Yeah. And maybe the first step is just, Hey, read these lines with me. Will mm -hmm. you just help me get it off book, you know, like sit down and just read them in a flat, neutral tone just to work the scene out. Maybe that's the first step. If you're nervous and about performing in front of your partner. I think that's actually really good advice because sometimes the barrier to entry is like, 
it's bringing someone into your world. That's something I think that I will say we are good at is that I don't like to have worlds that you don't at least know about that you don't kind of understand. You don't go to my book club, but you get what book club is. You're not like in my Patreon, but you understand what I do with my Patreon members. And that to me is the sharing of the worlds, which is honestly, we can talk about like, so when I, I booked that movie in France where I was gone for like two months or whatever, and you were here, luckily we only had one dog at the time. So life was a lot easier, (laughs) but you being left at home, like I had like no internet either. Right. So we could barely talk. It felt like we lived in two separate worlds. It was trying. It was a real, it's like, like we were fine, but it was, there was moments where we were like very separated in our heads and to reclaim our space as like together and to introduce you like so you ended up flying to France and you ended up spending like the last couple days filming with me and we spent our birthdays in Paris and it was really magical but there were segments in there where we were like we there was distance between us because we were literally not a part of each other's world and I want you to understand the pieces of my world even if you're not in them does that make sense yeah Absolutely. Well, it'd be like if I wrote stuff and you were like, oh, can I read it? It's like, no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to know what you're right. doing over there. Just like that would be, that, that, yeah, that'd be really weird if I was like, no, you can't read my stuff. <laughs> that'd be odd. <laughs> I'd be like, what are you writing, hon? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got back there? You like some really fucked up shit. I don't know. You, you sometimes you write some really fucked up shit. Caleb does a lot of horror and thriller, <clears throat> and it's like some of it's, it gets a little dark. Yeah, well. It's a dark world. <laughs> okay, so we have some questions from Patreon we are going yeah. to cover here. So they were they asked some very good questions. Okay. Um, we might have covered some of these, but I want to make sure we get to all of them poignantly. How do you communicate about uncertainty? Do you ever do postmortems about situations when an audition has come up and disrupted shared plans? Well, you know, what's funny is I think the most like disruptive any auditions ever been is when we had to film it on vacation. Ugh, like if we were out of town. Those always suck. We were in Hawaii in 2019, staying at a client's house. It was a little shack. It was not great. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful man's home. And he's probably listening to this podcast. <laughs> he probably is. Hi, if you're there. Hi. Anyway, so we had to like go to Ross and get a bunch of stuff. To be fair, this was five auditions this is five it was five different auditions For all the in the same, same movie. movie yeah we filmed them all yeah so i think that was like the most disruption like we'll see i think mm-hmm. there's enough time between like when you get the audition and when they're due i mean every now and then you'll get one that's like hey we got to do this and like i'm getting home from work and it's like 7 p.m and all i want to do is have dinner and like you know stuff like that it happens so rarely mm-hmm. Again, in the chill city here, just kind of let it go. The vacation stuff also, you know, I think like that one, we weren't doing anything that day. We've had them before. We had one in July. And I had one in October. Both trips we took in October. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so you just kind of have to, it's the nature of the beast. Like you kind of have to be flexible. So as the partner, again, hopefully you're getting that support from them and you reciprocate it. You know, it's just one of those things like if you're on vacation and they get an audition and you can film it, get it done and be supportive and do it and don't make it about you, Mm -hmm. which I think is really important to be like, Oh, this is ruining my day on my vacation. It's like, Hey, you know what? You signed up for it. So you kind of have to just eat it. And again, it happens so rarely 
it happens to you, I feel like, all the time. You know, I, had, I was just home for a week and I had three. <laughs> Four if you got that Zoom. How do you think that an actor can reciprocate support? So for example, is there anything that I do for you that is reciprocal of like, for example, last week when you came home on a Tuesday night and we had to film my audition and then get ready for bed immediately afterward because it's so late? Yeah, I mean, you read my scripts. You're really good about like asking me about my day checking in with me? Is there anything you can do for me? I think those steps, you know, maybe, maybe the other person's not a creative, maybe they just work in a normal job. So they don't have a script to read or anything like Mm -hmm. that. But I would just ask those questions. Hey, is there anything I can do for you? How are you doing? I mean, I make dinner a lot because it's an easy meal and I get home and I feel like it's one thing I can take off your plate when you come home from work because 90% of the time I'm there I enjoy cooking and it's like one less thing that I can do that's like little because you, I feel like you do so much for me. Yeah. I mean, you also take care of the dogs more than I do. You also clean more than I do. Although I feel like that's kind of shifted a bit. We've evened out because that was one I was like, Hey, I would like some help with this. Yeah. So I think just asking those questions like, Hey, what can I do for you to support you is that reciprocal nature. Cause I feel like, again, for creatives, it's really easy to be like, Hey, can you film this audition? Can you read my thing? You know, for somebody maybe who's not in the creative field, you know, you might have to find something else mm-hmm. that supports them. And not in that moment, not when you're like, Hey, I need my self tape film, but also what can I do for you today? It's like, right. it's, it's a bit of a compile. Yeah. It's not like a tit for tat thing. Yeah. It's, it's literally like just the day to day, like existence, you know, like yeah. what is your day to day? Like, and always again, having each other's back and supporting each other. Agreed. Agreed. I always want to read with my partner because they were also in the industry adjacent and just the best. However, with self-tapes being the new normal, they feel burnt out from our acting career. Caleb, is there a way that you and Sam communicate about taping that has helped make this easier for you or something that she started doing, i.e. working with coaches before taping, something like that, that you especially appreciate as her reader and partner so that it's the best use of your time as well? We kind of already covered this, but yeah, but I think it's a good point bringing up coaching it beforehand, Mm -hmm. because that is definitely part where I was talking about being prepared, like you knowing the scene, you doing the scene work with your coach, you knowing the lines. Then when we go to film it, it's a, I just read the lines, set the eye lines, hit play, all that stuff. You've done all the work ahead of time. I think before, you know, you started coaching all your, your auditions, you know, yeah, it could get a little tedious for sure. There were several times that come to mind where I just set up my self tape and I was like, well, we're just going to do this now, I guess. And I had, was not prepared to work with you. Totally. So I think that's a great point. I think coaching it beforehand, really knowing your lines, if you can find somebody else to read with beforehand, Mm -hmm. that's even better. I know you have a couple people you lean on for that because I feel like we haven't read anything for a long time. We just do the audition tape. So all that I think is probably the best groundwork you could lay prior to filming the audition. Mm -hmm. So then it doesn't feel like it's, oh, I've got to take this from like the beginning all the way to the end. Yeah, because then it's asking your partner to also be your coach, which is like a lot, especially if you don't have that established relationship. And I'm also definitely not qualified for that. (laughs) This ex-actor is not going to be a good coach. What are you talking about? Do you ever talk about what it would be like if Sam were to book a job where she would be gone for months at a time? I feel like most relationship issues with actors are affected by scheduling or it's one of the main features of concern. Yeah, I think that's a great question. We were actually kind of having a conversation about this last night while you were gone for a week because I do have early morning clients at 6 a.m., 
and would have to get up to take care of dogs. So waking up at about 4.30, Monday through Friday, you know, it gets to be a lot. I'm fortunate again, where I'm very like routine oriented. And so a little bit of a machine. Yeah, I can I can very much fall into just sort of like a machine mode and just do the things I actually find it very like having that structure, almost freeing in a way we were talking about this as far as my writing last night. Because I know, oh, I have exactly this one hour to be able to do any writing today. So I'm going to sit down and I'm going to do it. So I actually got a lot of work done while she was gone. If it was months at a time, she'd probably take one of the dogs with her, hopefully. I'd love to take Willow. She's the easiest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the only dog who's not in one of our laps yeah. right now. And to free up one of them. Yeah. Other than that, like just one of those things where it kind of comes with the territory. You know, if she was like in Atlanta, let's say for two months filming, maybe try to pop out there for a little bit. That's again, she mentioned when she was in France for six, seven weeks, whatever it was, that was not as hard because we only had the one dog. Mm -hmm. I think as far as like relationship goes, having that separation, I think is the hardest part. Yeah, you'll figure out your routine. It's the still checking in and like, you know, yeah. And I mean, like France was what is it? Eight hours ahead. Yeah. So, and I cannot stress enough that we didn't have internet. <laughs> yeah. So eight hour, you know, that was an eight hour time difference. So yeah, our communication was like pretty minimal uh -huh. outside of some text messages, occasional phone call, FaceTime when you got, a, got in enough town. internet uh -huh. or got in town. Yeah. And then just the time difference, I'd be at work while she was free. I don't know if there's a whole lot you can do other than just know that like that time is so minimal in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. You know, we've been together for almost 10 years. Yeah. So you look at like six, seven weeks over 10 years, it's so small. And I mean, there's probably been times where she's wanted me gone for six, seven weeks. <laughs> no, I would be so sad. I like company. I like having company. That's true. You're an extrovert. Uh, yeah. I need someone to deload with at the end of the night to speak my words. It reminds me of the podcast I did with Rawson. He talked about how when he was away from his family and he was like super COVID, like stuck in a hotel room. This was like, like a month after COVID kicked off that he would send his wife and his kids like a Marco Polo every day. Oh, uh, that app's still around. It is. Yeah. Well, it was then. And he would send it. It's basically like Snapchat or whatever, like Instagram stories, because then they would see the more mundane aspects of his life and not just like the big ticket ones, because that's what I mean by like adding someone to your world. You might not be able to like necessarily come to Canada when I, whatever I book next, I'm just saying Canada because like everything audition for shoots in Canada. If you're not there, I want you to know that like, yeah, Tuesday's like craft sandwiches day. And I like, I want you to know the stupid little shit. Because that's the stuff that like makes up life. Well, and that was like when you were in France, you would send photos of like, hey, I met this dog or like, I did, oh, I this is us down in the village and, you know, yeah. stuff like that. So then when I went there, I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, this is like, you know, the, the square you guys filmed in. Yes. That you sent the photo of, you know, so I kind of had that picture then. Yeah, you had you had a full idea of the journey. How do you balance time spent on your relationship and your acting work? Do you ever rely on him too much to be your reader? I don't think so. I don't think I have that depth of auditions yet. I maybe get, I feel like I'm sitting at like two to three auditions a week. Yeah, I don't think it gets to be too much as far as the reader goes. And usually one out of two of those I can film alone, like a commercial. Yeah. And I think as far as like the relationship goes, 
weekend when you've been together for a long time. It, you know, you're not sitting and having in-depth conversations till 3 a.m. like we were when we were first together. Oh my God, do you remember that? We'd stay up until 5 a.m. talking right. and you'd get up and go to work. Yeah. So we could never do that. It's so unhealthy. No. So, you know, it's more <laughs> you're like, you just become so entwined. I mean, at least we have that I don't think there's necessarily things in our relationship that ever feel like work in that regard that it's just like this sort of coexistence with each other which sounds very like platonic but it's not at all (laughs) (laughs) it's not but we we try to make time for like activities together that have nothing to do with our jobs or like so beyond the fact that like we live together I work out with you I eat every dinner with you. I, you know, like half the time we eat lunch together. It's like, we have a date next weekend and like, we are, we want to go to this museum in two weeks and we were going to go on this hike. And like, it's those type of like, get outside of this. Like you said, like the entwinement, it's like, take ourselves out of the day to day and put ourselves in a new situation together, whether it be going on a date at a restaurant or whether it be road tripping somewhere we haven't been or whatever it is. I think that is really important because we're also both very, and everyone who listens to this podcast, I know you guys, we're very career focused. Mm -hmm. And when you get super like myopically career focused, it is easy to leave relationships behind in the dust, especially the people who are closest to you because you assume that they're going to be there. And that is something I've had to like really come to like double down to be like, Hey, let's do this date. Let's do this. And you're so like, Oh, hell yeah. Like we'll do whatever that, that helps a lot to pull you out of that. Like we talk about this all the time that like, yeah, the career and like what we do is one thing, but like the life we live has to be another. Yeah. And I think that's a good point as far as like getting outside of the career (laughs) focus, because it is very easy to just come into the weekend and be like, man, I've had such a long week at the gym. I'm just going to sit down and write and da da da. And then like, you can easily fall into just working more. Mm -hmm. But last year we did a really cool thing where we were just like, Hey, we're going to go do things in LA that we never do unless somebody's in town and we do it with them. That has nothing to do with like drinking or going to a restaurant or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, Oh, we went to the Getty. We went to the Academy museum. I forget what else we did. We hiked Mount Baldy. We hiked Mount Baldy. We did a, a beach day. We yeah. did a couple beach days, actually. So doing things like that, where you just like you and your partner pull yourselves out of your routine and the sort of like work world that you live in day to day, especially like in this job, you know, you can always be doing shit, you know, like I can always be writing more pages, mm-hmm. you know, you can always be producing more content or mm-hmm. working a scene or whatever. So kind of getting out of that and going and experiencing something totally different, I think actually enhances all that other stuff anyway, because you have a much fuller life rather than just like, Oh, I'm back at my computer. <laughs> you know? Here I am again. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I think like that is probably the best way to, you know, and it doesn't have to just be in LA, obviously, like Mm -hmm. many places have very cool things, although LA does have the best. (laughs) Caleb, Caleb, I I love LA, but Caleb fucking loves LA. Yeah, fucking love LA. (laughs) 
Somebody also asked if there was any ideas we had of things to do together that did not have to do with eating or drinking. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of covers that. I will say there's another thing too, is occasionally we'll put the dogs, we have a dog stroller and we'll put our older dogs in a stroller and we'll walk up the hill from where we live and we'll go up on this little ledge and watch the sunset. And we've been doing that on like Sundays every once in a while. And that is free and a lovely walk and a great time because there's nothing we both like put our phones away and we just kind of are with each other and our little family. And that's, I love that. Yeah. And I think jumping back to that book, Stolen Focus, if you haven't read it i highly highly recommend it it's in my amazon shop we will link it in the still look at sam's instagram (laughs) yeah it'll tell you to be less on social media (laughs) but i do think that's something really important that really often gets overlooked is everybody's on their phone all the fucking time Mm -hmm. nowadays so when you're with your partner and i was really bad about this where i would just like sit on the couch and i would just like I don't even like Instagram. I don't even post anything on there, but it would just like fall into this hole. And I only downloaded it during COVID. Twitter did the same thing. It's really easy to sort of like sit with your partner, but both of you be on your phones. Then you're like, why is our relationship not going great? I'm not saying this is like anything we've experienced, but you know, I know people who this has happened to. And it's just like putting the phones away is such a big thing. That's why going and doing things like mm-hmm. a Mount Baldy hike, not in the winter, though. Yeah, um, no, no, no. Going to the Academy Museum, especially if you live in LA and you're an actor, you should have gone there already. Yeah, um, I want to go back. Go again, <laughs> you know, go. But those things are things where it's it's weird to take out your phone and be on Instagram if you're in a museum mm-hmm. or if you're hiking. You know, I'm sure people do it. Don't do it. But like if you go to a restaurant or you're just sitting and drinking, that's kind of the default. You're like, oh, I'm with the person, but oh, now we kind of don't have anything to tie. And then you just kind of get on your phone and you text message. And then you're like, oh, well, let me see what's going on over here. So yeah, I think getting rid of the phones is huge. Yeah. On that, we also read a great book together. We actually listened to it on Audible and it was called I Hear You. That is another book that really changed our whole relationship. It's all about validation and having conversations to validate someone and like seeing them. That changed. We reference that book all the time. Yeah, I think that one is really important for the Hmm. non-actor partner in the relationship because the actor is probably going to have more of those swings. So I found that book to be really insightful in terms of like, oh, how to be a very supportive partner when particularly things are down, you know, rather than like, oh, you'll get the next one. Not a great thing to say after they don't book a role that they really wanted. That Um, would be super unhelpful. Yeah, really recommend that one's a really short listen. I'm sure it's a short read too. So yeah, that one's really, really good one to listen to or read. Okay, we have one last question. Does he get jealous of the prospect of you portraying romances with someone else or kissing someone else? How do you have those conversations? So I was thinking about this one. And I remember, I think it was like maybe right when we started like getting serious. Mm -hmm. And this goes back to our communication. I remember I was like, look, just tell me if and when it ever happens. Because that's the thing is where it's like, I think it's probably much more awkward and uncomfortable for the actor. It's super fucking weird. Yeah, than it is for the non-actor partner. So that's the thing. It's like, it's for them, it's work. And probably something they're like, oh, I got to kiss this dude or I got to kiss this girl or whatever. So 
for me, it was just like, Hey, just tell me not that like I'm giving you permission. Cause it was never that. Mm-hmm. And I want to make that a very clear distinction that it's not like the actor is going to their partner trying to get permission in order to do their work because it is not that what it is is an open line of communication and respect for the partner so that it's like hey just so you know i'm filming this scene and this is something that's going to happen Hmm. and then as the partner you should be like okay cool no problem you know it shouldn't be a discussion it shouldn't be like a well hang on i don't know like do you like this guy blah 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 (laughs) right Because if that's the case, I think you, as the partner, should seriously consider whether or not dating an actor is for you. Because if it is something that is like, if it really is that uncomfortable for you, it's going to happen. And if you're somebody who does get jealous like that, you know, I would I would seriously consider like, is this a life you want to live? Is this somebody you want to be with? I'm not telling anyone to do anything, you know, but like, (laughs) that's just my opinion on it. But yeah, no, I don't get jealous. I remember you kissed the dude at the Emmys, Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's just, again, it's just part of the work. It's not like, I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's exactly. You know, yeah. I can't even remember another one, actually. There's probably been like, there's probably like one in France with the movie. Yeah, I'm, it happens every once in a while. There was like a scene in a discovery a show that was like, in, too. yeah, and I've had like auditions where I've had to kiss someone and stuff. But it's yeah, which is kind of weird that those come up in auditions, but they do or it might weird. happen in like a scene in an acting class, mm-hmm. although I get not on Zoom. Um, that'd <laughs> yeah. be weird. But yeah, I think it's just that open line of communication. And again, emphasizing that it's not the actor asking for permission, but it's just that mutual respect. I think that's really well put because it is, listen, it's not like the part of my job I look forward to, Mm -hmm. right? Like filming a love scene or something like that is not, that's not my favorite day at the office. Mm -hmm. So if you were to add to that stress, because also it's very vulnerable, it's very mechanical, it's very like rigid and not sexy and all these things. And there's so much already going on in my head as the actor trying to imitate feelings for this person and trying to emotionally connect, trying to like find all the nuances. God forbid if it's a love scene that I'm like in less clothes, it's very uncomfortable, all those things. The last thing I want is for my home life to be complicated by the thing I'm doing at work that's already hard. That would be like if like you were at work and you were really you're competing in the CrossFit Open and I was like I'm just really uncomfortable with you doing handstand push-ups and like I just I can't hear about it or whatever. You know what I mean? Like if I got so weird about it, that would not make your life easier as an athlete. You know right. what I mean? Like you just have to that's where the support comes in and I don't I think so much of acting is based on emotional connection and I'm going to emotionally connect with a lot of people on set. And if that's a jealousy issue, that might be something you want to work on before it comes up because it's going to be real hard when it happens in the moment. Yeah. And I think that's where building that trust as the sort of foundation of the relationship really comes into play and having that open communication, because, you know, if the actor doesn't tell their partner and then it happens a bunch and then it comes up, I think that could create a lot of issues. And then there's that sort of like distrust. Well, you know, why didn't you tell me, you know? And, and so I think that trust will be built based on good communication. And then at the end of the day, it's up to the partner, the non-actor to be like, okay, like I trust you, like 
shit is solid. You're not going to go run off with this person because <laughs> you kissed him in a scene. <laughs> yeah. This is so silly to think about. But no, I do. Yeah. I think you're, you're spot on. I mean, someone did ask how you specifically train actors for fitness, which might be a whole different podcast. Yeah. I mean, it just depends, right? Like it depends on if it's a man or a woman, mm-hmm. depends on what their goals are. Mm-hmm. It depends on, you know, are they training for something very specific or is it just in general, you know? So it's kind of a pretty big spectrum. I would say just kind of keeping within your consistent body type, mm-hmm. I guess I would say, unless you're going through some like big transformation, quote unquote, transformation. Yeah. In which case we hope someone's paying you to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, you know, I know that's something that will probably be coming up in later episodes, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I would just look, I'm big into CrossFit, obviously. (laughs) So, but it's not necessarily for everybody. Like, Mm -hmm. but I don't do CrossFit. You don't do CrossFit. No, we do Um, strength training. Yeah. And you know, you do a lot of running and conditioning. I think it's just finding the balance. Right. And at the end of the day, fitness is there to make you a healthier person. Mm -hmm. If there's any sort of like enhancement towards your acting, then great. And then you probably want to come up with like some specific goals that are geared towards that. But I think if you're just kind of like in general, find something that you like to do that you get enjoyment out of, whether it's CrossFit or spin or Muay Thai, you know, whatever it is and go do that. Because I think that's something that's going to make you just a happier person in general, rather than like being so rigid in the like, oh, well, I saw Mark Wahlberg did this kind of training for this movie. And so I'm going to do that, you know, because he had a bunch of money behind him. Uh A team of people. (laughs) And other things, maybe. Yeah, no kidding. Well, if anybody is asking, are you taking on new clients at your gym or are you full? Of course more clients. And our gym is a great place to come work out too. It's a very supportive environment. Hey, you could meet your husband there. Just yeah. saying. We also know some people who've got married and divorced. <laughs> it's a mixed bag. Yeah. I mean, it's like 50, 50. So I guess it's just average. It's average American. Yeah. Life. This American life. Caleb, you're great. Do you want to tell people to find you anywhere? Do you want to stay hidden forever? Is it as an introvert? I mean, you can follow me on Instagram, I guess. If can you want they? To. You're I private, never, aren't you? I, yeah. One of them's private. My coaching one is open, but I don't post anything because oh, I so. read Stolen Focus. Okay. And so it's useless. Don't follow So it's him. basically useless. I'm not on Twitter anymore because that dude ruined it. Yeah. I don't get on Facebook. So you can really can't find me. All right. You can find him at the gym. Yeah. You can find me at Brick. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Yeah, of course. I appreciate you. Yeah, I got to get home, beat traffic. Okay, bye. (laughs) Love you. I love you too.